What's up, Divi Nation? Welcome to another episode of Divi Chat. We are on episode 202 today, and we are going to be talking about caching. And I hope that you guys got my joke from the social media post that was cash me outside. But I know that we don't have, I, I don't know if that joke made it like to other countries. So you guys will have to let me know if you got it. Do you guys know the cash me outside chick from Dr. Phil? Anyway, you have to let me know. I don't uh, know. You can still know. We call it a cache. So you uh -oh, said okay, in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> that made no sense in Australia. No. <laughs> in the US, that's funny. Because that chick, uh, you'll have to Google her. It's okay. it's not cash, like website caching. But anyway, so we've got a ton of comments already coming in. I'm so excited to see our live audience is here with us as always. We love seeing our regulars. Please feel free to comment. Uh, we've started posting our episodes slightly differently. So if you, if you hit the subscribe button, if you're on YouTube, then you will get a notification. Uh, also, whenever we schedule these, um, hopefully a little bit more in advance than we have been, um, you'll be able to click on the interested button and uh, get a notification as well so you don't miss a thing. As always, we're starting right on time at Divi Chat O'Clock. Divi Chat AKA the seventh, seven after podcast as I like to call it. So uh, before we dive into our topic today, let's, let's meet our panel. What do you say? Mr. Mike. Hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, it's great to be here again at our usual Tuesday time. Divi chat time, which is always a little bit late for those of you that were Nancy said in the chat, think we could take over from the panelists. Go for it, Nancy. Wow. <laughs> oh, my name is... Uh, it's a coup. It is. It's a coup. It's a takeover. Uh, my name is Mike Devitt. I'm coming to you from a village called Harrisham, just outside Maystone, Kent in the UK. Uh, and I run my web design agency, webdesignpro.co, with my son, Sam. And maybe in a future episode of Divi Chat, we should cover working with family and friends, the do's <laughs> and don'ts. Oh, that's a it good be interesting, topic. couldn't it? <laughs> Put that on the list. I'm not convinced yeah. Sam exists. I've never seen him. He, oh, never yes, heard he him. certainly does. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen the two of you in the same room at the same time. So maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be Phantom. I'll, I'll bring him on one week. <laughs> uh, and Miss Sarah. Hey, guys. Sarah Oates here from Australia, Endure Web Studios. And you can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. That's it. Got nothing else catch to say. You I'm sure I'm going to have lots of confusion between caching and caching today, no doubt. Oh, man, I know. We'll have to battle it out. This yeah. is taking me back to the niche episode. Yeah. For those who want to weren't around back then, that was a classic battle of niche, the accents. Niche. The niche, yeah. niche. Yeah. So um, my name is Stephanie Hudson. I almost forgot to introduce myself. I'm here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and I am representing Focus WP, where we help busy uh, entrepreneurs, agency owners, web designers. We help you guys grow your business by providing outsourced services like website development and copywriting. Uh, check us out, focuswp.co. And we would love to have you join the Facebook group Focus on Your Biz, where we talk about all things to do with growing and surviving as an entrepreneur. So, caching, caching, however you want to pronounce it, it is 
super important and it can be super frustrating and it doesn't matter how long you have been doing what we do you will get caught with the cash like it will catch you and you will all you will, you will be fighting something for an hour and a half and all you needed to do was clear the cash it's gonna get if it hasn't gotten you yet it will trust me it will yep. and there was a conversation going on in a facebook thread um about i think it was about image optimization really i can't remember what the actual topic was and our pal ellie peterson she's a regular watcher she isn't usually in the live chat i, I don't know if she's here tonight or not but um she was like oh my gosh i'm doing this and i feel like i should understand all this and i don't so this episode is because ellie requested it in that thread she said if you guys see this on divi chat it would make my life better and so we are we're here to demystify this stuff and divi chat is a safe place everybody so there's no feeling like you're a dummy if you don't understand something you can ask any questions you want feel free to put them in the chat this one is, I should have filed this under one of our back to basics because this is what we're doing. We're helping to explain one of these foundational elements. And um, before we get into it, um, Miro, Miro has a request. He wants Sarah to define it, but I don't know because <laughs> Tim's not here. But I, I think Mike, I think Mike's prepped and ready. He, he knew what was coming. And did you I see that like look? I've, of I feel like I've let Miro down. <laughs> I know. In trouble with Mike, don't worry, Miro. Could... If he doesn't do a good job, I'll add extra bits. Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. So, Excellent. Mike, why don't you uh, clear it up for the people? Define what caching actually is. Okay. So, um, it's not literally the verb to cache, which is to store or hide away, although it does inherit part of that meaning in our world of web design. So, to cache is to store for future use. So, when we cache, we take our website. Uh, or we take some of the files in our website and we store it in a file or files and give the server less work to do in serving the content of the website because if it's a repeat visitor, they already have most of the files then stored uh, on their local machine. In essence, the caching mechanism frees up server re resources and allows your website to be served quicker. Is that good enough, Sarah? Yeah, I think it's a great example for explanation. Good. <laughs> yep. um, so I think one thing that um, I think a lot of people don't realize is that there are multiple levels of ca caching. And so I nearly you said almost said it the other way. I nearly, we nearly got you. We nearly got her, Stephanie. We nearly got her. <laughs> yeah, you might get me accidentally at some point during this because I keep hearing it. Um, but I think it's really important to understand, and we'll probably get to it at some point, but the fact that there are multiple levels of caching. And so you have not only i think we often think about the website caching and so within the website caching we'll probably talk about plugins there are plugins that can manage specific cachings but on top of that you might have server caching you've got further in you've got browser caching you might even have caching in your local router so in your house in your router sometimes like when you change your website over to a new website um, your local router will be stuck with the old um, IP address. So when you change the IP address and you can't see that the website has changed because you've been working on it, but everybody else in the whole internet can see that it's changed because it's stuck in your local um, cache inside your actual router. So sometimes you have to clear your router or your computer or your browser or the website or the server. Like there are so many levels of caching. And I think sometimes we can think, but I cleared 
one cache, but there are more caches than that to clear. Or your client might say, but I clicked the button on the website, but there are more caches that are involved in it. And it's because everything's trying to help make it run faster, as Mike said. Everything is storing little bits that it thinks, well, the last time I went to this website, it was this IP address. So why would I bother rechecking if it's still that IP address? Of course, it's going to be that same IP address. Your um, local setup is trying to save you time in getting to the website. So it says, I'm not even going to check which IP address it is. It was this one last time. So let's not bother checking. So you have to then go say, no, please check. Please check that information. It might be new. And that's where everything gets unstuck when there are assumptions that nothing will be new, but there is something new. Yeah. That and is I think, a, uh, that's good clarification. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that Christian makes a good point uh, in the chat. Um, where he says, or oh, horrible Divi static files or minification um, with. Oh, I was uh, waiting for you to read that last word. Uh, 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 <laughs> um, and basically, you know, within Divi, um, it's something that um, beginners with Divi, new to Divi, um, get stuck with at the very beginning, where Divi by default has this uh, CSS. Uh, file generation that uh, has a cache within it that needs to be cleared or switched off. I usually switch it off. And also that can also appear on the page as well. Um, and it's it's something that a lot of people don't know that it's also within uh, the page settings that there is also that static CSS file generated within the page that also um, sometimes needs to be checked to see if that has actually been switched off. So, um, and Nancy says, I need to do in it in a Dutch-Brazilian accent. I don't think I can, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you could either. So no. <laughs> I was thinking maybe we'd start at the front. Like, let's start at the front, the first line of defense. So if you've got a situation where you're looking at a website and you feel that it is, um, it's not reflecting accurately because it's it's just showing you what has been cached or saved to serve up to you quickly my first two things i do are i'll hold down the shift key and hit the refresh button i mean first you could just refresh then i hold down the shift key for a harder refresh if that's not doing it a little trick that i love if you're in chrome and you uh right click and you go into the inspect mode then if you right click on the refresh button it will give you an option to clear the cache and hard refresh, which is a really handy thing. Now that's just clearing your browser cache. So, um, and then- Chrome extension, which is a one click refresh. So that yes. one is great we, on Chrome. And it means we, that once you click it, not only will it um, clear the cache, but it will also refresh the page you're looking at. And so that's a really good one to give your clients because a lot of clients, it's too confused. Like inspect would just wig them out. Like that is just too far. But if they right. can just ha install this thing and you can just send them the link, they can install it. And then all they have to do is click that button. That can make life a little bit easier with clients. And it is yeah. cleverly named clear cache. But we'll put a link in the show notes. And it's a little for recycling you. symbol. Yeah. yeah. And it, it and is really to... handy. We we talked about that in our uh, Chrome episode. We did. And you have to make sure that you switch it on to auto clear uh, and refresh the page at the same time. So when you when you click on it, it refreshes the page at the same time. A lot of people just 
when you first yeah. get it, you you click on it, and then you and then you've got to do a, a manual refresh as opposed to just going into the settings and getting it to refresh. I did not know that. In Safari, I didn't look up Brave and um, Firefox because I started to try. And, more and more people are telling, uh, more of my clients are telling me they're using Brave, which I think is an interesting really? side note. Yes, okay. I've had three clients in the last week say, oh, I looked on Chrome and Brave. So I don't know what's going on with Brave. But anyway, I use um, Safari a lot of the time. And just as a quick tip for that one, you have to actually turn your developer tools on to get your developer um, option up the top. And then once you've got your developer option up the top, there's an option within developer that says empty um, caches, or you can do a shortcut um, within there. But just if you're using Safari, that's handy. Is, they have to turn developer on in the settings part, and then they'll have it as a drop down option. Cool. That is a great tip. Uh, and Scott Tambling has an, uh, an idea here in incognito saves his butt. So for those who may not know, incognito mode is, how would we define this? It doesn't, it's not got the same cache as, it's it like it still have a cache. No. It does it have something. It, oh. um, it is a, it's as if you're coming to the website for the first time. And so firstly, it's not storing all the data. Um, so it's called private browsing in other browsers. And that's the whole thing, right? It's meant to be private browsing. So the idea is it's not storing information because it's meant to be private, which then means if you come and look at something through it, it hasn't got the stored information to get confused by. So it's another really good tip for your clients. If they're saying, but when I look at the website, it's fine, they might be logged right. in or they might have mm -hmm. their own cache that's kind of, you know, working fine for them. And so the really good tip is to be able to say to them, make sure you open an incognito window. That's what the rest of the internet sees. If you see some, one thing and incognito sees a different thing, it means the, the website cache needs clearing. And it's a really quick way of kind of debugging where's the cache issue. Um, yep. Because if it is just that you need to clear your rocket or your W3 cache or whatever it is that you've got installed, the really quick way to see it is when you're logged in, does it look different to what incognito looks like? And if that's the case, it's just a matter of clearing that plugin and you'll be good now, to Now, so my question about incognito is though, why did, how does it auto-complete my URLs? That makes me very suspicious. It always auto-completes, like if I've already visited the page. That's like no, why I'm always like, either. I don't know. Yeah, that's a weird anyway, one, that one. That's mm. a whole separate... The good um, thing to know is it doesn't have the cache. Like in no. terms right. of debugging things, it is the perfect way of working out whether or not, because sometimes, like we've said before, you can be working inside the website and you don't real like you think it's not working and then you might go incognito and you go, oh, no, it is working. Or maybe you make all these changes. I am a shocker for making changes and then I say to the client, it's all done. And then they come back to me and they go, it doesn't look any different to me. And then I'm like, oh, I haven't cleared the cache. Like yeah. so many times. I cannot tell you how many I times I have done this. It's so embarrassing and it's a matter of a one click and it's because I don't take the step of before I send it to the client, double checking in incognito. It's an important step you that I regularly miss, but it will save your butt looking embarrassed. So I want to circle back to something that you've been talking about, Sarah, and that is logged in versus not logged in. So where Sarah's at now is this next layer in, which is on the website, if you have a caching plugin like WP Rocket or W3 Total Cache or WP 
fastest cash or I mean, there's there's tons of them. I've seen more yeah. and more. Um, SiteGround has their SG optimizer. Uh, yeah. The Breeze, I think, is one that's for I want to say Cloudways. Yeah. So there's Swift, there's all Swift these different plugins. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, those you can set those so that they will not cache it if they won't cache the site if you're logged in with the understanding that if you're logged in, you may be making changes and you would need to see what's really reflected there. So that's uh, just a little background in case you weren't familiar with what Sarah's talking about is logged in versus not logged in. That's why it might look different to you than it does to your client. But And I think um, it's an important setting to have set up that way. Like I yeah, can't think of many scenarios that you wouldn't want to do that. Maybe if it's a big membership site, that might be different. But aside from that, I think you want to have it looking exactly as it does look so that you know was it just a case or not mm -hmm. kyle zinger is um in the chat he's one of our newer regulars and he says that his seven-year-old daughter's watching and wait seven-year-old son sorry is watching and he wants more cash <laughs> <laughs> me too buddy. don't me we too. all don't we but all not when Silver. we're designing websites not that kind of cash anyway <laughs> well no yeah yeah. I could use some more cash for designing websites. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so now we've talked about the browser, the caching plugin. What about our theme? We sort of touched on that. Anybody want to mm. sort of circle back to that again? What to do with Divi? All oh, right, switch it off. Always switch it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is, it's options. in the theme options. Yeah, it's in the theme options, and it's in the uh, browsing. In the oh, general in options down the bottom there's an option that you have to switch off and then yep. there's another option which is in the advanced i think it's builder yeah in builder that's it yeah um yep. going to builder going into advanced and then in the two uh the two top ones static css file generation and oh i turn off product tour whoops i i thought there used to be two in there that i had to turn off uh, oh no, guys there's only one now Oh, it's two at the bottom one. It's Heads up, we got a party crasher here. Hey, there he is. <laughs> Going into What's light What's up, mode. Timmy? Hey, everybody. I, know, right? I thought we started at 25 after. Am I wrong? Sometimes <laughs> we do. Sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late, so everybody. Two, you have to turn off on the general tab are minify and combine JavaScript files and minify and combine CSS files. So if you have... Sorry, Tim, we'll let you introduce yourself. We'll just get past this tiny point. Yeah. Um, if you have a plugin like WP Rocket or whatever installed, it's doing that stuff for you. So if you then have Divi additionally doing those things, you can just cause yourself a world of pain. So my general principle is that I will always turn both those off on the general tab and then turn the top one off under builder advanced and yep. that will save you a world of hurt. Yeah, and then just check the page as well. If you just just go in and check your page, just in case that Tell there's them what you mean, uh, your page. So when you're on the when you've created your first um, uh, Divi page, and you you might be in the middle of just going in and redesigning it and checking it, um, you've got the options on page within the Visual Builder down the bottom. Um, you can go into the page options. There's some options in there. There's only about four of them. And one of them is the static CSS file, which sometimes gets created on that page. And if you're just trying to uh, work out why something's not working, that's just an, an additional place to check. Perfect. Okay. Now, why don't we hear, as Miro says, Mr. Tim Streifler is in the house. 
Hey, Tim. <laughs> Everybody, sorry I'm late. Uh, I had a doctor's appointment for my son, and it started at 1.30, and it's super close. And we got there 10 minutes early, hoping that we could get in and get out and be back by the time Divi Chat started at 2. Um, or I guess nope. Divi Chat o'clock. We have all these different uh -huh. time zones here. But um, but no, the doctor was behind. So even though we got there 10 minutes early, uh -huh. we ended up. Yeah. So I'm here now. Um, Better so late those, than never is a policy that I really rely yeah. on a lot in my life. So I agree. Right. Welcome. So, yeah, uh, for those who don't know me, Tim Streifler, DiviLife.com. Uh, and yeah, I love this topic. I'm excited. Um, I, I'm just going to listen because I don't know what, what you guys have already covered and I'll kind of jump in as I see. Fit. I'll catch you up. I'll catch you up real quick. We're going front to back. We're starting at the front end. We've talked about uh, clearing the cache in your browser, going into incognito mode. We've talked about using a plugin. If you have a caching plugin installed that you need to clear it there. We've just talked about the theme. Now what's next, you guys? How about the host? I need to add one yeah. thing. Um, oh, please do. I had do. an issue with a website recently where we were using the Diva Builder header and it kept making, like when the page loaded, the logo would go ginormous and then it would go small. And then occasionally oh. it would get stuck big. It just like was wigging Oof. out, like ridiculous, being really crazy. Anyway, I digged around on the internet and I finally found a tutorial or, or a, like a blog or something from someone. Sorry, I can't reference it. I don't even know where it is now. But they had said, um, turn on static CSS file generation. So I'm going against what I just said. So under Builder Advanced, turn on static CSS file generation and then go and visit every page on the website. This is not going to work if you've got 500 pages, but this happened to have five pages. So go and visit every um, page on the website and then Divi will store some information about the builder header. Build the cache. And then when you go to visit it, it doesn't do like the massive thing back That's here. a great tip. So it was very helpful because this issue, I couldn't work out how to fix it. It wasn't that the image was ginormous. It was only supposed to be using like a little segment. I don't know why it mm -hmm. was doing it, but turning that setting on on that occasion and we were still running another cache as well. Uh, Christian okay, says that uh, elegant theme support also will give that tip as well. So, and yeah. now did you, I was distracted, but did you say you turn it back off again after you've done that? No, no, no. I turned it on and left it on. I just went and double checked oh. the website because I was like, I'm pretty sure that's what we did, but I mm. couldn't remember. So yeah, we turned it on and then I personally just went and like loaded every page and then it was all good from that point on, but we don't have anything turned on in the general setting. And that yeah. website, their host happened to recommend Lightspeed Cache. So that's the one that they're using. Um, and that seems to work together fine. Now, static CSS generation is not exactly the same as caching. That's a that's sort of, is it or isn't it? I mean, that's just saying, or is static? No, what I'm thinking of is minification. Minification is what's different. The static one is where it's it's holding the CSS there. But when you're talking about the minification, that's a different thing. And that's where you can run into some other Actually weird modifying things. But I think yeah. it comes together because often your caching plugin will do that process if you want to. It's an right. option that you can mm -hmm. say, please do this process for me. That's yeah. really all interesting. Yeah, all minification does is it removes all the spacing and formatting from the CSS. 
because typically when you're writing CSS, you know, you have it like everyone kind of has their own way of doing it, but you do it in a way that makes sense so that you can look at it and read it and see the declarations and all of that. And then you might have some comments and stuff and you have every developer kind of has their own way of doing it. Well, minification just strips all of that and removes all the spacing and line breaks. So it's just this block of code that is useless for humans to read, but the browser can actually load that quicker. And so mm -hmm. minification can be a good thing, but it can, in some cases, break things too. I feel like, Especially I don't understand like why the it combining. would. I think it's the combining that breaks things. Like, And I don't find that it happens really with the CSS files. It's more so with the JavaScript files. Yeah. In my experience is when you start minifying or combining those. That, yeah. that sometimes you really have to check your site. And again, this, these are options in the caching Cache plugins. Plugin. What caching plugins do you guys like, by the way? I'm a WP Rocket fan. It's expensive compared to free options. Well, it depends how many sites you're running, right? Like. That's true. Yeah. If you uh, were a focused WP customer, it'd be free. Yeah. Just <laughs> I, I love WP Rocket. And, and I'm saying it's expensive because I know a lot of people want to go with a free option because it's not mm -hmm. free. It's like Sarah said, if you use the unlimited option, it's really not expensive at all. Um, yeah. I find that it not only it works really well, but they're always ahead of the curve in terms of the latest and greatest. Like they're, they're all in on this plugin. And so compared yeah. to... Like, for example, I used to use W3 Total Cache back in the day oh when my it was God. Like one of the only ones. Well, yeah. the developer actually stopped developing it, and it was a ghost plugin for a while until someone else kind of picked it back up and continued on. I had so, so Rocket, you're much investing in the future. drama with that plugin. It would, yeah. like, get stuck on your site. Like, you couldn't get rid of it. You'd have to, like, yeah. go in FTP and, like, delete the files and stuff. Oh. There's so many options within W3 Total Cache. It was like when you first started out, you're like, oh my God, what have, what have I got to do here? And I can do this and I can do that. I used to use it in conjunction with Auto Optimize as well. Um, and you can get- Having you can, on yeah. your side. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. but it was, it, there were certain things that- Auto Optimize, -optimize is a little did. different though, yeah. Auto Optimize. Yeah. Yeah. Miro loves uh, yeah. Auto Optimize. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, come and go on from a bunch of different things because sometimes things have been challenging. Like W, uh, sorry, WP Rocket is fabulous, but if you turn everything on, it will break websites. And particularly mm -hmm. a plugin that I love using, which is Essential Grid, uh, does not play nicely when you have all the settings turned on. And so there are a few things in WP Rocket no. that I think you can't just blindly tick everything. You have to right, kind of take sure. your time learning what all the things do and playing around with it. And even for a particular site, like maybe you turn one thing on at a time, double check everything's kind of working. And it's important to kind of come back maybe half a day later and just double check again because sometimes you think, oh, it's all good, but it's still kind of loading all those caches because it preloads. And so sometimes you think it's all good and then when you come back, it's all broken and um, that's a problem. And so, yeah, I think sometimes you can over-cache because you're trying to be making it really fast and actually you're causing problems. So um, WP Rocket is my go-to. I have come and gone from it over the years. I had one year away from it where I my host recommends um, W3 Total Cache. You guys were on a break. But, yes, we were on a break. <laughs> and, um, and I use W3 Total Cache, but honestly, so my host recommends it, but they just recommend just turning on page cache. And I think it's because they're trying to help people not have these issues of over caching. And so they're trying to make it as simple as possible. But 
every time I go to WP Rocket, it speeds up my site so much. It's also been helping with some of the new Google stuff. So I've been starting to look into all of this Google stuff. Um, WP Rocket has a few blogs on it, which is great. There's also a Facebook group and people are really actively talking about how they're trying to get their websites better in terms of all of the Google stuff. And I think it's really handy having those things available. It's a bit like the Divi community. There is a Mm -hmm, WP Rocket community, which then means you can ask questions and you can learn and you can see what other people are doing and you can see what settings they're using and what settings they're telling you to turn off. And I think that can make a really big difference. And people think, oh, it's just a plugin, but it's a really important part of your website. And so mm-hmm. having that community to be able to ask questions is super handy. And that's part of the reason I'm back with WP Rocket. Nancy yeah, makes think- a good point too. Oh, sorry, Tim, what were you going to say? Well, I, actually, to Nancy's point, caching plugin also depends on your hosting too, uh, which is yeah. kind of what I was going to say is kind of what we're talking about. And to Sarah's point, caching and and optimization all this it's complicated you can't just turn on a plugin and and check all these boxes and you're good to go and settings that may work for one site may not work well for another site on another hosting with another set of plugins and functionality it's there's not a one-size-fits-all solution and so that's why i think like taking the time to understand what's actually happening and what it's doing uh, yeah. is really important because it's going to help you not only for the site you're working on, but also future sites too. And that's one of the reasons why I, I love WP Rocket is they actually have like documentation throughout, like little hints. And then if you click yeah. on it, then it'll open up a little dialog box with more information. And uh, and so that you're kind of getting that education as, as part of the process. And so um, if you're looking for a quick fix and just checking boxes, like you might get lucky sometimes, but uh, if you focus and spend the time to learn what's happening, uh, you'll be better off in the long run. And so yeah. again, WP Rocket is great because of those things. And to Sarah's point, if you just turn everything on, likely depending on the site, you might break some stuff. But okay. one of the cool things about WP Rocket is for a lot of the settings, you can exclude stuff. So if you notice, hey, yeah. and I That's actually just went page. through this is like, oh, it broke this functionality in this specific module. Well, I'm just gonna exclude just this module by putting yeah. the module CSS class in there. And now I can keep it, cause it like actually helped the the speed. So I can keep it for everything else. And then just, it's just not gonna lazy load, you know, just this module, mm-hmm. for example, which is, which is yeah. a really handy tool. And that's interesting yeah, as well, because it depends on the different types. When, you, when you're using WP Rocket and you get used to using the one caching plugin, you just become very comfortable with that. But depending on, just going back to what we're saying, depending on your hosting, if let's just say you're on SiteGround, for example, and you use the SG Optimizer, you'll also, and we'll come on to server caching in a second, but you'll also be using caching elsewhere and you'll be setting it, you'll be setting it within the plugin, but you need to also still check the server. So if you think you've cleared it, you might still need to go and check the server as well. So it's, you'll have all these different settings and i actually think it's when you're when you're um using a new caching plugin like i was introduced to swift performance a couple of years ago um you just start looking at it and thinking okay i'll I'll just try this on a particular site uh i won't use the normal um i tried it with siteground for example i didn't use the sg optimizer um, I had some issues with it at the time. They've improved it since, like, you know, obviously have, people yeah. report the issues. Um, and and I thought, I'll oh, just try Swift Performance, tried it for a little while, 
got on with it really well, got used to it. Um, and then I think it was just like a fashion thing with me. I started to fall back to SG Optimizer again. And yeah. it, and I just went back to that and thought, oh, there's look, one thing about Mike this. that we know for sure. It's that he's a he's a fashion guy. <laughs> got the shirt on for you tonight yeah. especially nice i've actually you been to see a customer in, your today fashion. in the flesh and it was like i think it's an interesting one though that we often <laughs> come back to what we liked previously and it's one of those things where i think we think caching plugins aren't that complicated but they're actually really complicated and you have to spend time getting to know them and once you get to know one it is just so much easier to just stick with that one you know. And so hopefully you pick one that's not going to get abandoned um, like W3 Total Cache did at one point. But I think in some ways it doesn't matter which one you pick. Like, you know, pick the one, whatever one you want to pick and then get to know it really, really well and then know what settings to turn off, know where to exclude the bits and pieces, like get to know it so that then you can work really well with it. In some ways, it doesn't matter which one you pick, like just pick one of the big guys, pick one of the ones that aren't going to disappear. I personally prefer to pay for a plugin because then I know I am supporting the developers who are working on it. It's a really important part of your website. I would prefer to invest some money into that. So that's part of why I do what I do, but it doesn't mean WP Rocket is the answer. It's heaps of them there. Like pick whatever you want, right. but get to know it. And probably I would recommend choosing to pay for whichever one you're using. If there's a premium option, there's probably a reason that there's a premium option. Like W3 Total Cache has a premium part to it. Um, and you'd be getting more from it if you had that available. As well. Yeah. And when you pay, you know you're going to get, in most support. cases, good support too. Yeah. Where a free plugin, it's, it's kind of hit or miss and mostly miss. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I don't want to get too too much down a rabbit hole because we do have more to more to ground to cover here but there's been a few yeah. mentions of nitro pack in okay. the chat and there's been a lot of uh controversy i guess okay controversy <laughs> jinx uh what do you guys have thoughts on it i, I have it. not used it what i've seen people say in the facebook group is it's kind of a like hack in that mm -hmm. it doesn't really do much for your speed but it can manipulate the speed testing tools to give you a better score and a better grade to give you the illusion of a faster website that's what i've heard i haven't used it but i think that's I've where the controversy once. is that's the controversy i i used it once and i i didn't really even get any better grade on mine but my site really needs some work, <laughs> but uh, everybody was calling it this magic bullet. And, um, but yeah, they say that like, it'll recognize the main speed test sites. And when it's those sites, it'll turn a bunch of stuff off. So that, or block a bunch of things so that it'll just load lightning fast for the tests. That being said, as with all of these, and we say this always, whenever this sort of topic comes up, like the speed score on those tests, is a good benchmark to use, but it's not the end all be all. If your site loads quickly, feels fast, yeah. you're getting traffic, your client's happy, like that's what matters. Yeah. What's tricky is when you have a client that's looking at those numbers, it's hard to be like, no, no, those don't really matter. Like that's always a sort of a tricky 
thing. But And then they go into anyway. detail of like all the little things. And they're like, yeah. it says this thing. And you're Your like, render block yeah, JavaScript. But... And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people also okay, talk so about hosting. And I think that's, I mean, that's maybe the next, that's the next That's step. our next level, right? Yeah. Is okay, that, cool. Would you say that's the next yeah. level? So I think it's a really important part to it. And um, I know I was talking about my host recommends W3 Total Cache. If you're in Australia, check out Kinetics Hosting. They are amazing. Um, and so I really recommend it for Australian people. There's a lot of people in the Divi community who use them partly because they show up to WordCamps and they spend time talking to people and the people you talk to at the WordCamps are the people who run the business. Like they're great. So definitely have a look at them. But part of the reason they recommend Total Cache with just the one thing turned on is because they have stuff turned on at the server level. And what I didn't mention is I get all that stuff turned off because I like to have more control. <laughs> and sometimes I find that when I then go and turn on WP Rocket, it kills different bits and pieces. Wait, because Sarah, of... Sarah, you you like to have control? No. Right? <laughs> um, That's but shocking. what it does mean is that for the average user, when they have a website that Kinetics have turned on, all they need is the page cache and it will kind of do most of the stuff and they don't need to worry too much. So for a basic user who's coming along who doesn't know anything, that's a really great setup for them. But it is something to keep in mind because every time I have a client with Kinetics who is not on my hosting and then I go to like set up stuff for them, I inevitably break something because I forget that mm -hmm. the server has these extra bits of caching available and it's inbuilt and it's turned on by default and I forget that it's turned on by default. So it is one of those things to keep in mind that your host, whoever they might be, whether they're site ground and they have their site ground, whatever fancy thing, or whether it's within Plesk, there's like an option that something is turned on. You do need to kind of double check, is my host already providing some server? And am I happy with that? Do I want to go with what they already have inbuilt and go lighter on? on the website within your own settings or is it something you prefer to turn off and have more control within um, the actual website? You can go either way, but you want to know if there's something going on there because yeah. it might be doing something and you don't realize and that's where the conflict is happening. Totally. Oh, Tim, I thought you were jumping I in. I think WP Engine has um, its own cache, and which again, you can turn on or off. I think Tim's frozen. Um, you can turn. Oh, he is. WP I thought he was giving somebody off. the stink eye. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely frozen. But up. what WP Engine do, which is comes. really good, is they then have it. <laughs> they then have it built into the dashboard. So there's an option in the dashboard to clear the WP Engine cache. So if you choose to leave that on, the good thing is you can actually still clear it from within the website, which is different and really helpful. Because, say, for example, the one that. Um, I'm talking about you have to go into Plesk to fix that. So I think WP yeah. Engine, although they have that second layer, you can clear it within the website, which is good to know. That is handy. And some of the other ones like on uh, like the like Grid Pane, I used Grid Pane for a bit and they had, um, there's like the Nginx and what's the other one? There's two of them. So it is Redis, Redis object Redis. caching. Yeah, the yeah. Redis. And, yeah. and uh, so those two, same deal. It's a plugin on the on the site but another little thing that i learned is if you just because like if you disable or delete those plugins that does not stop it from being cached at it the host level clear it. 
It just stops you being able to clear it. Yeah. So that was a fun <laughs> lesson. That was a fun <laughs> lesson to learn. And that, that, that leads us on to sort of talking about the different levels of server caching as well. So yes. you've got object caching, you've got memory caching, um, and you've got Nginx caching. And it's just looking at those different these these different levels and tr and actually understanding them. So, is it nginx? I always Nginx. call it Nginx. I used to call it <laughs> Nginx as well. So it's I'm funny, not. different things like that in the web world that you've read and seen yeah. many right. times, but you don't really say out loud, but you said it a certain way in your head, and then all of a sudden you hear someone else say, it, "You're like, wait, Nginx what? sounds so much better than Nginx." <laughs> uh. <laughs> so. Memory caching uh, sets aside a portion of the RAM to be used as cache. So the great thing about this, with um, particularly with high volume sites, transactional sites, is it reduces the calls to the database. It's very often that information required is held in memory and then can be served without adding another call to the database. We don't want a stressed database. We don't want our database to be um, end up being a slow database, uh, uh, which increases latency. Um, but the feature of memory caching is its ability to only hold a certain amount of data. So when it fills up the memory, it pushes the oldest data out. So it, and these all these different types of caching, they just do slightly different things. Um, but certainly, my experience of of mem caching, and again, just you know, going back to SiteGround, who who use that. Um, is the is the one that I've found to be uh, the most useful with that particular host. Nice. Uh, I, now I was going to say something regarding uh, WP Engine's cache. I don't know if Sarah already mentioned this because my internet decided to just drop for a second. <laughs> you went like this, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, WP Engine has their server level caching in. From what I understand, they were the kind of the first ones in the uh, managed hosting or premium WordPress hosting space, and the first one to really offer like premium server level caching, um, as far as I know. Um, and then they also uh, they kind of have some strict rules, like they have plugins you can't use on their hosting because they're like resource hogs and stuff like that. But actually. Most caching plugins you cannot use with WP Engine hosting because it conflicts yeah. with their server level caching. WP yeah. Rocket is one of the only ones that allows, uh, or that WP Engine allows to be on their their servers, and it's because WP Rocket went out of their way to detect when a website is using WP Engine and then turn off certain functionality that would conflict with WP Engine's um, server level caching, and so. That's kind of one of the reasons why I started using WP Rocket is they're the only ones yeah, allowed. Um, and then I kind of fell in love with it from there. But Okay. Yeah. So have you heard of APC, Alternative PHP Cache? No. no. So this is another one. Um, Whoa. I know. <laughs> coming out of the deep, woodwork deep. with stuff. And here we go. This doesn't work on shared hosting, and it only tends to be available on a VPS, so it's probably why a lot of people wouldn't end up using it. Um, but it reduces PHP executions, and it means that the server basically passes, uh, passes the uh, information, um, and it runs at the server level and is great for regularly updated content. So that's another one that um, you, you might run into. Again? 
So it's it's APC and it's known as alternative PHP cache. You down with APC? You down with APC? <laughs> Come on, nobody. Guys, you're supposed to say, yeah, you know me. Oh, oh yeah, you know me. It's late. <laughs> you know, people text me after the show and are like, they just do not get your jokes on that show. No, no, no. <laughs> Stick to the friends ones. We might, we might get them. <laughs> okay. So we've got, we've got about 10 minutes left and I do want to cover, I want to dive in and talk a little bit about what a CDN is as well, mm. because that isn't caching, but it is mm -hmm. a similar thing. But Gary Horseman, who I don't know, but I think he's new, or at least I'm, his name is new to me. He's got this situation where he's talking about having someone set this up for you versus, I don't know if you guys have been following this in the, in the chat. He's, he seems overwhelmed by trying to configure his cache and his CDN himself. And so he's wondering, if, like for you guys, do you think that this is a, um, this is a better solution would be for him to go with somebody like a WP engine that kind of helps control all that? Or do you still have stuff that you have to do on the front end? Uh, like a Tim's frozen. Is Tim again. frozen again? Um, and he's got a new thing here. Oh, we've got double oh, Tim. <laughs> I have no idea. You've come twice, Tim. What is happening? Okay, good. <laughs> the right one. So I'll, I'll start to answer the question. Tim can fix it if I don't get it quite right. Um, like, I think if you are finding caching overwhelming, then it's definitely worth going with a host who is going to be more responsive and receptive and maybe set up in a better way. So um, I think WP Engine and Flywheel definitely make your life easier. They're going to cost you more money. And if you're okay with that for the sake of you don't have to worry about backups, you don't have to worry about um, security, you don't have to worry about a lot of other things but you can still have a little bit, bit of control by installing something like WP Rocket. You are still going to need something like WP Rocket if you are using one of those hosts. However, it's going to be easier for you. An alternative to that, like, like I've talked about my host, is having a really receptive host who has great support. So having a host where they basically have something set up in the... Um, in the server level and then they're saying just turn on these basic things and see how you go and see if that is fast enough and then maybe you can just hire a developer to help you if it's still feeling too overwhelming but having a receptive host like at my host kinetics if you're new to it you don't really know what you're doing you install what they tell you to install and then it's still not running fast if you talk to them they'll often help you so picking the right host mm -hmm. i think is the answer whether the answer is picking a really expensive one like wp engine I don't know if that's the answer because you still need like a WP rocket. So you still need to know your way around basic caching in general. The other thing I, I will say too, is you want to have all of this turned off while you're building a site. I think oh, that maybe yeah. we should have said that at the beginning, like yeah. you do not want any top. caching of any kind while you're building a website. And then, once your you're, so and then once you're ready to launch it, uh, you don't want to configure the cache on a staging server or a different hosting company either because of all the things we've yeah. just been talking about. So once the site goes live, then optimize it there, but it's kind of one and done. Like there's, it's not a lot of going back and fiddling with it. So um, Gary, that could be something where you would 
get a developer, you know, just hire somebody. We have a site speed up service at Focus WP, or you could just hire a dev that you know, you know, whatever to have them go in and take an hour, two hours. I mean, it's not, it, if for somebody that's more expert level at that kind of thing, it's not a major undertaking. So you, you could maybe- all they're doing is setting up the cache. Like if you have already optimized image, if someone's doing a speed up service, they're going to optimize images. They're going to check a bunch of things. But if all you need them to do is help you get the cache set up, they shouldn't be charging you too much for that service. Right. But I mean, if you're going to have them do that, you might as well have them yeah. do some of the, the other stuff too. Okay. Which we so, haven't talked about either. So it would what? be good for us to come back to because I really like the little partner of WP Rocket, which is Imagify. Imagify. So there are options for you around from oh. that perspective. I'm a short pixel man myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That I, well, I bought, I bought the app Sumo, so I have short pixel, but I still love Imagify the most. And Ooh. I've just been playing around with it because I had the, um, whatever it was, the grandfathering for WPMU. And so oh. I have been keeping it for a really long time. And this last year I decided to, like I realized they dropped uh, membership two, which was the main reason I was using it. And so I thought, well, I need to see if I'm actually going to get any value. They offer Hummingbird um, for caching and they offer WP Smush Pro. Um, and I don't know so why I, that whole suite drives me nuts. Yeah, it's same like, thing. I, I, don't like it I gave it a really yeah, good go. I'm with you. I don't like them. Like I've tried them and I do not think it's worth the money. And when it comes down to it, even on grandfathering, I was paying, I think, $250 a year, whereas WP Rocket and Imagify Unlimited, so as many sites as you want, as many images as you want, it will like completely downsize your images. It's really, really good. It'll turn your images into the WebP version and it will serve up WebP when it is available, but it will serve up JPEG if it's not available. Um, if your server won't accept it, it's a really good system having those two as like a little family together. Um, even that is like 160 a year. So it's still cheaper than grandfathered yeah. version of WPMU. Are you, so you guys, not, not to mention too, I, I tested it and uh, Imagify because I bit I was using because I'm a longtime WPMU dev member and I was using yeah. WP Smush Pro for years, but I actually tested it against Imagify. Oh no! Oh no! On again. <laughs> so I just did... We need to cash Tim, don't we? Right. <laughs> we do need. He needs some cashing. Turn so up. So I just. I'll, guys... I'll finish what he's saying because I just did the same process when I was trying to work out whether to keep WPMU, and I just did the same process with both with Hummingbird versus WP Rocket, and then I also tested Imagify versus um, WP Smush Pro. Sorry, I'm finishing what you said, Tim. <laughs> I tested them both, and I agree God. that WP Rocket and Imagify both smashed it out of the park compared to um, Hummingbird and yeah. WP Smush Pro. Yeah, I don't know where Keep I got going. cut off exactly, but uh, just that you were testing between. Yeah, the two. Imagify compression is is a lot better and got the images smaller and Has the it... website faster compared to WP Smush Pro. I used Imagify for a long time. You know what the other one I used to use is that uh, EW. E W W W. Yeah, I, I yeah, never yeah. Tried that. yeah tried that, that one was a that was a good one too. Um, mm. that I used like a free version of that, I think, and then I went to the Imagify. I paid for that, but it was pretty cheap. It was like five bucks a month or something, and I got yeah. I used it on my client sites and everything. But uh, guys, if is is image optimization a topic you're interested in? 
leave a note, leave a comment and let us know. We can do one in the, in the next coming weeks, next week or the following. If you guys want to talk more about image optimization, because we're just about out of time and we still haven't talked about the CDNs. I can uh, talk about oh, CDN right. super quickly. Yeah. Do it. Uh, assuming my internet, I don't know what's going on. My wife was watching that, <laughs> my... so I asked her to stop doing that. <laughs> so we'll see Aww. if that helps. But, um, Mike so, is ready in case you go out. I'm okay. ready, Tim. I'm ready. So for the CDN stands for Content Delivery Network. And basically what it does is it takes your images and a lot of times your CSS and JavaScript files, basically the heaviest parts of your website, and it copies them to different servers around the world at different points to get them closer to the end user. So wherever the end user is visiting your website, it will serve your images and CSS and JavaScript from the closest server to them so that it will speed up your website. A lot of people don't really realize it, but that server's physical location to your end user actually plays a role. And That's so um, if you are a international company or uh, you're an online business that that uh, serves people around the world like my company does a cdn is really important because you have customers visiting your website from everywhere and so you want to give them the quickest uh load time possible and the one of the ways you do that is by having your images as close to them as possible and so that's yeah. what a cdn does if you're just a local business and you don't serve customers around the world and you don't have visitors from around the world and you don't care about that, then you don't need a CDN. Just find hosting that's as close to your audience as possible. Yeah, and most people use um, Cloudflare as their as their CDN. But I was talking to Kylie, who's in the chat tonight, and uh, she's telling me that Bunny CDN is also very good for anybody I've that's... Good uh, things. Yeah. That, I just yeah. tested out the WP Rocket one as well, just as a way of kind of testing out the whole suite. So they offer a paid one. It's per site. It's like 10 bucks a month, so it's not cheap. Sorry, for what? Um, uh, WP Rocket, Rocket CDN. offer a CDN. Oh, the Rocket CDN. Oh, right, yeah. Right, right, yeah. So I just tested yeah. it out with a website that has a lot of traffic just to kind of see if I could help improve it. I, I don't think it was worth 10 bucks a month. I don't think it improved it mm. enough. Um, and a lot of my clients are local clients. And again, my host has recommended not using WP Rocket because, uh, sorry, not using Cloudflare because they've said it's actually not improving it for the local people. If anything, it's making it slightly worse for the local people. Yes, it's making better for the whole world, but the whole world doesn't want to come and see a lot of these websites. So I think keeping in mind who is the audience is a really important part of that process. If you have your images really small and you're serving it up with a really good cache on a really good host and it's going to local people, sure, test it, but make sure you do test. Don't make a blind assumption that you need to have something like Cloudflare because it may actually not be serving you in the way that you want it to. Um, but if you have a global audience and you need it to be super fast, it might even be worth paying for it and making it really awesome. It's one of those like case by case basis things. Yeah. Yeah. And Cloudflare technically isn't a true CDN. Uh, right. It, it, their system works a little bit different. I don't know if they even uh, like cache your images around the world or not, um, because you can use Cloudflare alongside other CDNs like right. WP Rocket CDN, which WP Rocket yeah. doesn't actually have their own CDN. They use StackPath, which used to be uh, Mac CDN. They just changed the name. Um, and so, and it's actually, I think if you use only one site, WP Rocket is actually cheaper than if you go directly to StackPath. 
Um, anyways. And so, yeah, I completely agree. It all matters where your audience is and stuff. So, so if you have visitors from around the world, then chances are it's, it's going to be quicker. But you have to ask yourself, is it worth the cost? And so that's why it's good to test, as Sarah mentioned. Yeah. The Cloudflare CDN, I know a lot of the shared hosts have an integration on the back yeah. end where you can kind of turn it on there. Um, so sometimes that's a no, Tim. What are you saying? No, <laughs> I don't. I've never done that method, but I I hear it's not as effective as if you go directly to Cloudflare. No. You don't have as much control. I wouldn't uh, think I so. Agree. But I'm talking about like the people who would do that are the people the who don't click. want the control. Yeah. 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 For so sure. That's yeah. Just it's better another... than not doing it. Yeah. 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 And uh, Gary thinks you free DNS. So if you don't have DNS, so for example, WP Engine doesn't <laughs> provide DNS inside it. And so that's when I started using Cloudflare. It makes a huge difference being able to have free DNS. So you can even turn off all of the caching parts. So you can turn your cloud off and just use it for the DNS if you want to. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's super fast DNS where like a lot of times mm -hmm. when you make a change at your DNS, it could yes. take like... 12, 24 hours to propagate with Cloudflare because of their network, it's instant, which yeah, is crazy. so fast. Yeah, it is awesome. Uh, okay, guys. So this has been jam packed. I think the verdict in the chat was that they could, everybody could use a little more uh, talk about image optimization. So maybe we'll circle back on that. We'll see what our lineups looking like maybe next week or the following. Um, and what else? Any final thoughts, you guys? Yeah, we have to finish with Kyle's um, comment there because I'm just really proud. Um, which says, this one here, Sarah, it defense, I have spent the last two days teaching my seven-year-old that adding an E to the end of the word makes the last vowel, like, makes the last vowel sound long. As in, we call it a bossy E. So the E at the end is bossy and it makes the vowel be a big sound. Like, cash. Like, We're I not going to change. English <laughs> makes no sense, though. So, especially American English, we have it the worst. Oh, it makes no sense. Occasionally, uh, though, America does do it slightly better than Australia. I have to admit, there are occasions <laughs> where I think, yeah, I think America got it right there. Like aluminium. I mean, I don't know what y'all. Just not in this case. In this case, we are right. It is cash. Like hundred percent, it's cash. Oh yeah, many. Mira wants a whole episode about DNS. Anybody? Any other takers? That's a yeah, that is a big DNS. one. Yep. Yeah, that's a complicated. And we makes talk about SPF records and all those good fun things. That's DNS. Okay, we're gonna put these on the list, you guys. Again, this was a topic requested by you. This was this came from our pal. Uh, Oh my gosh, I said her name earlier. Now I just blanked on it. That's so mean. From one of our pals. Ellie. It's Ellie. I know Ellie. She's done some work for me. So uh, yeah, you guys submit more um, requests for topics. There is a link on the post. I'm going to put another link to the form in the on the Facebook page. So if you wanted to make a request, you can go there. Or if you are buddies with any of us, or if you're in any of our Facebook universes you can just message us there and we'll get it on the list for you um please also we would just really love a review could we get a review do you think we could get like one review this week what do you think you guys think it's possible i don't know i, I don't think, think they'll do, do it. it for us they're not gonna do it <laughs> if you love us give us a review you know where to go <laughs> ratethispodcast.com 
slash Divi Chat. And you can uh, leave us a review there. We'll read it on the air. And then all the other things. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe. Do all the things. And we will see you guys next week. Take care. Bye-bye.